This is Fam. And this is Jonesy. And we are... Your Twin Vipers. A podcast of martial arts and action movies. Jonesy, what is up? I am feeling very good. I am over, finally, what feels like a five-week head cold. Yeah, and, uh, uh, we apologize for the little break, everybody. Uh, your boys have been not medically cleared uh, in the no. last couple we- weeks. OSHA has required that we get a regular duty release before we return to the workplace. So, and we definitely didn't wink, screw up the audio, wink on a on a show recently. Yeah, Double wink. Also that. Well, yeah, that happened, and then uh, like an, an ear infection took me down, and then like a head cold took Jonesy down. So yeah, we, we brought in real doctors. We brought in the podcast doctor Slim himself yep. to operate surgically operate on that audio. Yep. And the patient did not survive, so rest No, in peace. Um, this was unlike a RoboCop situation, which I, I know Slim will appreciate. We could not save, we could not cyborg the audio back. It was very bad. We so, couldn't rebuild him. We couldn't no, make him stronger. Nope. Nope. So we're starting fresh, but um, we're glad to be back. And we're definitely ready to tackle some of these movies that, um, that have been on our list. But Jonesy, uh, besides these movies, have you watched anything lately? Well, I definitely am not telling this story for the second time, but... <laughs> I was lucky enough to take my two sons to the 40th anniversary screening of The Return of the Jedi. Cool. That and awesome. I can report the movie is still incredible. I'm sure. And that big screen, the oh, Ewoks. Yeah. Uh, so my kids were cheering at every beat when, and they've seen the movie, but they were a lot younger, when R2-D2 shoots that green lightsaber from Jabba's sail barge and Luke catches it. Right. I thought my seven-year-old was going to leap out of his chair. He was so excited, and then immediately started asking questions. Where's this? Where was this blue lightsaber, Dad? Where? Where was the green? How is this happening? You know how a seven-year-old does in a regular tone of voice in right. the middle of a theater. I had to talk him off the edge, but they loved uh, the Ewoks. They loved Chewbacca's big hero moment in this. They, lo- I mean, they loved it. The movie is lovable. It's a wonderful film, and I was happy to see it again on the big screen. I've seen it once before when the special editions came out in my youth. So I, I'm always of the mind, like, I better go see Star Wars while it's in theaters because it could it could never happen again. And I so, mean, it'll be another anniversary, so yeah, it'll take some time. So my kids will be teenagers by the time we go again. Oh, for sure. Gross. <laughs> Countdown. What about uh, you? What do you what have you been watching? So, I haven't seen your letterbox uh, light up lately. I know. I've been kind of slacking. The latest thing I've watched, I think, was... um. Uh, Doom Pod, Doom Pod recently did Rollerball. Oh, the so original. Up, yeah, so I ended yeah. up watching the original, which I feel like, I feel like James Caan. I feel like they were filming that in a library because that was the softest I've ever hear, heard James Caan talk in his entire career. Like, why is he whispering this entire such- time? The future is quiet, Jonesy. I don't know what the hell that means. So, James Caan um, is such a weird catalog of movies. He's done Rollerball. Yeah. He's done, but he's Godfather. also done Thief, which is a critically acclaimed, but he was also the dad in Elf. I mean... He's also the Godfather. He, you know? Or not like the, the uh, Godfather. That was... Doing that Godfather rewatch, the way he, he ends up getting it... Oh, man. Like, at the, at the toll booth or whatever, like, that was wild. My, uh, my mother had a bumper sticker. She had a 95 Blazer. And on the bumper sticker was Sonny Corleone would be alive if he had exact change. Not wrong. So I mean, I, I have I have loved his portrayal of that 
since my youth. Yeah, legit. So that was um Yeah, so that was a weird movie. And then my dumbass is like, I'm gonna watch the remake. Woof. That how bad, remake. How bad was it was a uh, Chris Klein? It's Chris Klein. Yeah, of uh, American cool Pie. J. Oh god. And then Rebecca Romaine. I don't know if she was the stay most back then, but Rebecca Romaine. It was bad. It was the most like surge 90s ass pod like pod system of the yeah, day like click click boom like just just click just, click it was horrible boom. it was horrible i basically like can it, imagine because they don't really like play it off as the future they just play it off as some like extreme x game sport like in another country oh so it's not even like the quasi 70s sci-fi no like, this is like xanadu the 90s. Yeah. they they recruit chris klein as he's Lugeing down the hills of San Francisco at top speed and escapes the cops. He then <laughs> LO Cool J he then jumps in LO Cool J's Porsche as it's moving because it's extreme. This shit's bad. Oh my bad god. Movie. Does LO Cool J play his same character for Deep Blue Sea? Is this the Deep Deepest Blue Sea my head is like a cinematic thing? universe? No, I wish. Was he like a doctor or something? Yeah, no. No, there is a horrible scene where like they do they they want to get really like high tech so they do a whole scene in with night vision goggles except like it's bad like they just like it looks like they just duct tape night vision goggles to the front of the lens they didn't use like any special film or anything like it was horrible it was so bad so like a huge uh like circular globe glare on one yes. side of the screen <laughs> yes and then everything is way farther away as possible it's it's ter- it's freaking terrible anyways that movie's bad so don't watch that what else is that's kind of all I've got recently. See, for the for our new listeners, Fam has to watch a, an entire franchise. Once he starts, he cannot deviate. Feel compelled. It's he must. He's a completionist. One hundred percent explorer of all video know. games. Speaking of video games, you gotta play Jedi Survivor. Yes, it's on the. I, I know. I haven't oh had a my god, it's on the list. Don't. I, oh yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't say anything. I'm I already though. don't sleep, and I sacrifice even more sleep to you play got, this game. You have, you have kids. I have zero kids. I should probably play it. Um, yes, I, I have been. Uh, I need to put some time aside to definitely play. It's but yeah, it's, I, I played through the first one real quick. Real, um, I, I played through the whole campaign pretty quickly, so I, I'll definitely want to play the next one. But Jonesy. Yes. Well, let's, let's not talk about Jedi survivors. Let's talk about <laughs> martial arts survivors in today's movie. I don't know. What That's a segue. Oh, that was horrible. Anyways, tell them about the movie we're going to talk about tonight. I was hoping you would not ask me to synopsize this movie, but as you've already read the episode title, dear listener, I guess I will do my due diligence. Uh, so the five figures of death, the originator, the impetus of the martial arts craze, if you will, the first big martial arts movie to, quote, hit in the U.S., in uh, the year of our Lord, 1973. Originally named King Boxer, released over here as Five Fingers of Death. The plot focuses on Chi Hao, a young promising martial arts student with a flagging older master with a beloved daughter who he's kind of really hanging around for. And uh, one night the master is attacked and he has an epiphany and says, you know what, I'm, I'm a shadow of my former self. You know, I was selfish. I kept you as a student and sent one of the other students away. Uh, you need to, you know, Chi Hao, you need to be trained properly. You need to go to the city. 
uh, study under master pay and, and become a superior, uh, superior student, excuse me. So uh, Chi Hao travels to the city, the big city, uh, proves himself to pay, but is easily bested by the junior students at his new Kung Fu school. So in what I think is the first ever martial arts montage, Chi Hao trains himself and once again becomes a star pupil. At the same time, concurrently, a man with a humongous forehead, uh, also known as Chen Lang or Mr. Chen, uh, arrives in the city as well. And Chen challenges a street gladiator who is undefeated and uh, avails himself, uh, gets noticed by the local gang, mafia, inferior rival school, and begins to work for them. Uh, Chi Hao and uh, Mr. Chen cross paths. Mr. Chen demolishes the school, and this sets up Chi Hao to step up and learn the deadly iron fist technique. Yes, that's right, folks. We go supernatural here two-thirds into the film. I mean, two-fourths into the film. After a devastating attack uh, at the school and a retaliation by Chi Hao, uh, the gang leader, and I'm going to screw this up, don't even edit it out, Dung Shun, nailed it, uh, hires three Japanese assassins to come and rid himself of his pesky Chi Hao problem. Oh, he doesn't count on the Iron Fist. Chi Hao wins the titular Kung Fu tournament, defeats the assassins, and rides off into the sunset as the real wielder of the Five Fingers of Death. Nice. All right. Yes, very suffice. This movie kind of like, this movie kind of like goes at the end, <laughs> like literally yes. goes. Uh, so a lot happens definitely in the, in the last uh, third act for sure. Uh, well, I think we determined that it has four acts. Yeah, sure. That's tor- sure. The you four, could the, completely the eliminate the tournament, and the movie would be much tighter. There is a fourth vengeance act, which we'll definitely talk about. But uh, this movie, unlike uh, most of our other movies, and, and definitely you know at, at the, in the setting of the seventies, this was billed as a martial arts movie, and you do get a lot of fights, and you do get a lot of martial arts uh, in this movie. More more of that than than a story. Um, but what do you? What do you think of the significance of this? And why did this movie So I mean, I, I, stand out to people? I mean, we're coming off the high of Fury and Furies, right? Which yeah. is this poignant story kind of punctuated by incredible martial arts. But you almost have to throw that mindset out and kind of put yourself back in the 70s. Imagine you're a young, uh, you know, American. This movie comes out. You have no exposure to martial arts. This has got to be like crack cocaine in your veins, right? Right. This is almost the antithesis of a modern martial arts movie. It's all action. It's all highly exaggerated, almost treating the the Eastern martial arts as like superpowers you can learn in real life. And it's it's fascinating in the fact that they must have been just working out stunts and shots they really wanted and built the story around it. Right. And I think that's significant in 1973 what it debuts over here because there's literally nothing like it out like there's no this this is a brand new genre no one has seen this level of almost constant action like non-stop like it's not a western 
It's not, you know, a crime drama. It's not a noir flick. The it's not the what American audience have been oversaturated with. It's this new bright star. And I almost think of it like um and you and I are, are of a similar age. Mm. When we first saw like the first Fast and Furious movie. Okay. Like we all walked out to our cars, over revved them and thought we were going to be street racers. Right. And I'm sure some people went out and bought tutors, right? I think it, this probably had the same effect on people our age walking out, having a kung fu fight in the parking lot of the cinema, mm-hmm. and then finding you know their neighborhood karate master or whatever, and starting to learn martial arts. I think this movie started the wave that, Bruce Lee built and surfed like this. This was the tide. This was before the turning of the tide. This was the originator. I, this, you can't discount the significance of this movie. No, this movie basically meant that the genre can stand on its own. Yeah. So unlike other, you know, other movies with like, you know, action or, you know, martial arts involved in it, but kind of plays second fiddle and just uses it as a, contemporary thing to add you know fights with this is its own the 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 martial arts is the movie 100 percent. and a lot of and this this is coming to the age when in in the type of movies where there are a lot of jump cuts it's a lot of foreground shots with your you know getting punched and you're looking at the person and the person's punching the screen and then the other person flies back it's a lot of jumping in the air and then jumping again doing a double jump so you get all the height and you're drop kicking other people out of the air it's a lot of quick chops or quick punches that then leave lasting effects and like ricochets the opponent back. It's a lot of those tropes that this movie kind of. It starts though. Absolutely. And, yeah. and its influence is so incredible that like several movies and several directors don't exist without this movie. No. And not that John Carpenter would not exist, but like Big Trouble Little China is in some ways almost a direct homage the five fingers of death. Right. Uh, you know, without some of the more supernatural uh, components from that movie, I mean, the jump cuts, the jump fighting, the student, you know, mm-hmm. training with a, with a new master. I mean, yep. if Jack Burton, if a Jack Burton character was in this movie, it would be the same movie. I mean, it's just uh, an incredible thing to see now, now that I've seen the movie, to look back over all the movies I've seen over the years that were so clearly influenced by... The Five Fingers of Death. Right. Quentin Tarantino and Kill Bill pretty much steals the entire soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, the 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 cues of the Iron Fist, the wah, wah. Is that, that's in Kill Bill, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he lifts that directly to homage it in Kill Bill. In fact, Kill Bill doesn't exist without this, like, flat no, out. Uh, no, absolutely It does not. not exist without this movie. As much as it's influenced by Enter the Dragon and kind of the, the Kurosawa Samurai films, the violence and the cuts is five fingers of death. hundred percent. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. None of that stuff gets made until this movie gets made. Also, this is like a movie that was big in the States and probably one of the earlier ones. I mean, these movies probably existed, you know, in, in Asia, but having an audience over here and bringing bought over here and, you know, having people wanting these type of movies was definitely like a cornerstone, you know, in film. Yeah. This put us on the hook for Kung Fu movies. Yes, no. We would not be here doing this podcast if it wasn't for movies like this. So we definitely wanted to give it some love. Um, This movie kind of 
like I said before, and we don't want to talk about in every individual fight because there's like 20 of them. Or more, I feel like. Or it could more. be more. <laughs> um, there's a couple notable shout-outs early in the movie. Basically, um, uh, Mr. Chen, uh, you know, he's doing the wayward uh, stranger in a strange war, in a strange new land. He challenges the local thug to a fight uh, to win money. That local thug happens to be Bolo. So shout out to Bolo. Yeah, blew my mind. Uh, showing up. Fam revealed that to me, and I always did a spit take. It's one of his earlier roles, man. Yo, I know that chest anywhere. Yeah. That boy well, got I that, that, boy I, got that chest. I rewatched uh, after our, our last attempt, and I can see it now that I was looking for it. Oh yeah, yeah. But the Absolutely. first time I saw him with like the shaved head. And I, did he have like a penciled on mustache? Yes. It had to be makeup. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. it was a real mustache. Totally, no. But without his hair, and he's about, I want to say like probably five or six years younger than when he was at Enter the Dragon. Yeah, this is one of his earlier ones for sure. But those five years, he developed even more. Like he, he's so much more broad in his later movies. Right. But he's very slender in this. But you could definitely tell the V. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the broad shoulders that come down to a V for his physique. Like, right. as soon as, yeah, that's Bolo. Like, yeah, as soon yeah, as I sure. was like, yeah, I know who that is. Yes. And so, is love to see Twin Vipers an accidental Bolo Young retrospective? It might be. I mean, look, man, we will shout him out when we see him, which in the movies that we watch, we will probably see him often. Like, we can so, retire when we get Bolo on an episode. Hundred percent. I think we probably got to pay him, which I don't think we. I don't think we've sold enough T-shirts for that. Well, you know that was a that was a <laughs> fire shot in the pan or whatever it is, a flash in the pan. Yeah, hey, you know what? We you never know. He might. He might show up. Um, but that was a great shout Big out. Big cartel at twinvipers.com. Buy some uh some sweatpants. We could we could interview Bolo Young. Yeah, there you go. It's, that's our yeah. We start a Patreon. That's our tier to interview <laughs> Bolo Young. It's never gonna get there. Can you imagine starting a Patreon, taking no profit? Just with the intention of interviewing Bolo Young. All the money you donate to us, we'll just slide um, over to Bolo because we need 10 minutes. Imagine telling that to your spouse. God. Uh, so what, what, you know, is it making money? Yeah, yeah, it's making money. Oh, yeah, what are we doing with it? Yeah, no, we're actually great. just hiring Bolo Young and then we're ending the Patreon. <laughs> great opening, great closing. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but no, he shows up. It's great. So... Like we said, this movie accelerates kind of in the end because it, oh, yeah. it all kind of starts off with it all kind of ends with the tournament, but the tournament's not really discussed until like and the tournament's a not a third of the movie. If the tournament doesn't happen, the movie doesn't change. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so the conf- the major conflict of the movie doesn't really happen to the third third and a half act. Most of the movie is just qualifying uh, Chihau as this Wonder Boy student. I mean, that's a majority of this movie. Like, the bad guys kind of just, you know, bark time, tread in place, kind of just yeah, being they evil. Yeah, don't, they, don't, they don't become crazy evil kind of until the end. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in dark clothes and they have exaggerated eyebrows, and that's how, you know, in a kung fu movie that they're bad. But they, they don't really do anything except hang around and drink and be friendly with one another. Yeah, uh, in the beginning, basically, it's a... Uh, how you distinguish movies kind of like two warring schools. Try yeah. to win this tournament to which is win nothing. Which is the kung fu movie trope. Two Absolutely. Two schools, two stars pupils. Who is the strongest, Jonesy? We'll find out yeah. in two and a half That's hours. That's the premise. Movie. Well, two and a half if you're lucky. Yeah, geez. Basically, they uh, the evil school, um, they then recruit uh, Mr. Chen because who, they're like, hey, love. My he's our muscle. Character. Yep. He's our muscle. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna use him against 
the other school, which they do. They basically send him to attack the dojo, which uh, is my favorite. My, I'll jump in. My favorite fight of the film okay. is Mr. Chen's demolition of Pei's school. Yeah. I mean, he is like a wrecking ball. He is literally any dumb idiot that jumps in front of him is just getting the sh- crap kicked out of him. And uh, it, it's one of those great scenes in any dojo fight where everybody's kind of fighting him, mostly fighting him one on one. Oh, yeah. They, they like follow the rule kill. of, listen, the movie will be over if we all gang up on him. Yeah, no, so. totally. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of trainees in like white uniforms that are like running around in the background, which is always a good look. I always like that look; it just shows like movement and shows like chaos kind of deal. My so, favorite, uh, oh sorry, my favorite technique in this fight is like the open hand bitch slap that yes. Mister Chen employs. Like it reminds me of uh, that popular uh, meme video with the guys in the backyard just slapping everybody that comes up to him. Yes. It's the same energy. Oh yeah, like, he was student, he was toying with him, master. What doesn't matter? You're getting a slap to the face. Yep. You're getting your ears are getting boxed. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's a it's a great fight. He then fights like the sensei at the school. The sensei actually beats him. And then <laughs> I kinda like this. He does this like this quick like I've turned a new leaf. And then the sensei's like, cool. And then he punches this he just what he's headbutt him. Yeah. He headbutts him. Like, With that dick. huge forehead. What a dick move. And what, yeah. and, but he's that, got a forehead like a Klingon to... headbutton people. <laughs> And later on, he does do a reverse heel turn. Yes. So yeah. imagine how ca- I was waiting for the other shoe drop later in the movie. I'm it's like, the yeah, double. It's out. the double cross, which is wild. Is that a triple cross? Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> who's who's counting? Who can say? So there's that fight. Uh, the the evil school then decides, hey, he couldn't stop him, so they're going to then hire, which which is a great trope, you know, which might have started this movie as well, is hire the outside assassins. Yes. That are there to dominate. And I feel like many Kung Fu movies rely on Japanese assassins as an antagonist. Didn't Rumble in the Bronx have that too? Like random special assassins? No, those were the mafia guys that threw that good dude in the wood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was like that was like the mob more than like the assassins. But yeah, basically they hire, they hire, um, they hire a group of assassins to try to take out Ji Hao because he showed such promise in defeating Mr. Chan that the sensei is like, I'm going to teach you, or I'm going to give you, not even going to teach him, I'm going to give you a book. You teach yourself. Yeah. You learn books the on tape. Of the iron. Yeah, books on tape. So Marvel Comics should be paying uh, Chang Young, or Chang Yang, excuse me, royalties. Sure. Because Chi Hao is the Marvel Iron Fist. Pretty, like, it's, with that, with the whitewashing not in effect, Sure. It's the same character. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and in this training, he's going and doing the whole process of like, he's putting his hands in like hot coals yeah. to like sharpen the iron it's of Punching his trees. Yeah. I mean, punching uh, granite walls. Right. I, I got to be honest. Sure. I, when I first, I, this is my first time viewing this movie. That to me, the, the red glowing iron fist came out of total left field. When it shows up in the movie, I was like, "Did Fam send me the right link? I can't be watching right the right movie. This is this is about the student, and he's gonna go train. He doesn't have a red glowy fist, does he? He does. Yeah, by the I, by the end, he does. And, and it's just like nobody. Everybody acknowledges the fact that it's totally normal. Nobody else has superpowers. Nobody nobody has a similar power. 
But everybody's like, oh, yeah, duh. Doesn't everybody know the red glowy fist? There's he has the it. one scene in the... Um, I laughed. I really hard at this. There's one scene when they're in the tournament and he's fighting the, the evil sensei's son. And he turns on the fist and everybody's like, yo, what the hell? And then he turns it off. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a switch. And I'm like... I am every member of the crowd that's like, are you seeing this right now? I mean, <laughs> did he just turn his hand on like a lamp? Yo, can like, how is the how is the evil sensei not running, like calling a timeout? You're like, timeout, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 this blah, blah, blah. can't be a legal move. <laughs> he just made his forearm into a lava lamp and we're all cool with it. Where is the rule book? Who is I, not abiding by these tournament, these sacred tournament rules? I, I, I mean, it's it was wild. it was really stunning. I, and the reason they they give him this power is because it looks amazing in the final fight. Oh yeah, no, they have to. Yeah, they have to show him. Yeah, being they crazy, have to. Yeah. They have to shoehorn a whole act into the movie yep. to source this ridiculous power that no one needs or heard of. But <laughs> no. listen, it sounds like I'm negging the movie, but I actually ended up loving it. It's pretty badass. I, and I thought the movie ended perfectly. Throws the entire plot out with the bathwater. Forget the whole plot of this movie. It's now just a revenge story. Yep. This movie was like six movies in one. It's a lot. So there is a point where he is learning um, the Iron Fist, uh, and there's another student at the school who's super... It's it's the super jealousy thing. Yeah, hang long. I hang really long. hated that. That He's he's the uh, Davos yeah. character in the, the Iron Fist comic. Yeah, that dude sucks. So basically, he's very jealous of him, and also um, there's a girl that likes uh, Chi Hao, and he's jealous of of her, of of, of their kind of. They don't have a relationship because he's still in love with Yin Yin. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah, back. Alleged still in love. Who can say? Who can say? Who can say at the end of this movie? That should be the tagline: Five right. Fingers of Death. Who could? Who can say? So then, Hun Lung like literally like works with the evil school, and then has. Chi Hao, like, cap- not captured, but, like, beat up by the assassins. And then, for vengeance of learning the Iron Fist, they tape his hands to a tree and just start beating the heck out of beating him bloody. And he does that crazy, that old school thing where, like, someone swings and hit his fingers, and then you see his face is like, ugh. And then he <sighs> hits it again, he's like, ugh. Like, it's, it's so, like, it's so stretched out, but it's, it's great. This is it. probably why uh, they call this genre of films Chop Saki. Sure, because the choppy cuts are out of control. It's a lot in this act. It's great movie. though. It's it's but uh, you need it. It's all it's a lot of like cuts. It's a lot of zoom in. So you know but we get we get a great montage of him healing and right, working himself he, back to right, full strength. But also, if these were really evil uh, the sensei uh, people, they'd have killed him. A hundred percent. Right. You yeah, yeah. Not tied him to a tree. Right. Yeah. You don't like let that man Doctor Strange's way back into the fight. What are we doing? So I have an important question to ask you. Sure. And the only reason I'm asking is because I didn't understand it. Got it. Does Han Lung, the, the betraying student, uh-huh. to what benefit does he get from ratting Chi Hao out? The reason is, is that, so think of like. Is he just jealous or is he yes. thinking if I rat him out, I'll learn the Iron Fist or I'll get the book? So, yeah. So number one is jealousy because <laughs> you've been at a job. And then, like, you work really hard to, for, like, a promotion, and then someone just comes in there and just takes it. Yes, I've, yes. I've had that it's exact that. same it's that. A situation happen to me. He, how long has been working, has been working, <laughs> not working, but he's been trying to get that school for years. Put his time in, 40 hours a week, baby, weekends off, but, like, let's go. I paid my dues, 
and this this mf'er is gonna come in here and like from another school and take what's mine no nah, yeah. son I'm, I'm still I'm still chasing a lateral move, and you hired right. from the outside. Okay, that's I'm there. Literally now. It. I'm that's there literally in my head. it. He is mad that he was not chosen. So then he goes, and he he's he wants the other people to take him out. I guess I was expecting like quid pro quo. Like I came to you with this news, so you can get rid of him, and then I get something. He will no, but he will get something when when Chihau was gone. Yeah, but they destroy the school, so. What does in, he get? In theory, he gets the- Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm peeling back too many layers here. No, but also, Hong Long's an idiot because what else happens in this movie? He 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 goes and tells the evil school that, oh, Chi Hao is, is, is healed and he's learning the Iron Fist again because you didn't kill him. So they then put him through a gauntlet and then he gets his eyes ripped out of his head. Yeah. Wow. Great. Also, also, by the way, movie is not extremely violent <laughs> no. until those eyes come out. No, you get your little like, oh, someone's ch- like gets cut with like a sword or something, and it's a little bit of blood, or it's like, yeah, it's the falling back motion of the impact of the hit. There's How literally insane is the movie <laughs> was, after this moment. That was like, a, you know, that was like uh, that woke. If that if you were tired of the theater, that woke you immediately. Oh, what happened? Yeah, is, this was this is not a. Like a movie on in the background while you're doing work no. at home. You're like no. you are you are staring at this man's opticals getting uh, torn out of his head. Absolutely. So basically the for the evil um for the evil school, the son of the sensei is going to fight in the tournament and the goal is for him to win. Then they that school gain influence being the victor and everybody wanting to train with them, yada yada. So which, mind you, this entire movie, that dude don't fight. That dude is like just chilling. You think he's one of those? He's one of the punk kid sons, like son of a rich kid. Of like, oh, I just you know, I'm not really that good. No, he's pretty damn good. So he he beats up Hong Long, throws him down. Hong Long's back is on the floor. He's lying down. Uh, the son jumps and like does like the Three Stooges eye poke, but actually takes the eyes with him. So gross. And right. uh, again. Out of left field, this movie, not no. really that. He's uh, holding eyeballs yeah. in his hands, Jonesy. It's, it, it, I was like, is this movie getting good? Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, is I mean, this it's getting people- crazier, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess good would have not been the word I used, but sure. It just, it becomes batshit insane after that part of the movie. You'll have to right. point me out so they don't take us off Apple, but it just, it's fine. It's, I love it. I, I that's great. what I'm getting at. I I love the the blind fight at the end where they show the blindness with the the yes, shadow. Yeah, he then becomes a blind fighter. Right. But we we see his point of view, which is just everybody you can still see them. It's just dark in the room. Sure. Which is phenomenal. Which is great. Which is good. They just turned off the lights basically. So yeah, that happens. There's also the point where you know Jihao has now learned the Iron Fist, and then uh, the evil. Uh, school is now sending assassins to stop him so he can't reach, you know, the tournament. So there's that scene when they're in the forest. And then Mr. Chan, forehead man himself, changes sides because he's yep. like, I've seen the air in my ways, which means he saw a man's eyes get ripped out of his head in person. And he's like, I got to switch sides because like, I don't want to be with these people. Mr. Chen is the realest guy in this movie. If yeah. I were kind of like a heel and I just saw my partner's eyes come out, I'm like, you know what? I'm on your side. I get it. But I here's thought, the thing. I, I don't thought about was... what I, I went to my room. I thought about what I did. <laughs> I don't think now that I think about it, maybe he wasn't inherently evil in the first place. Maybe he was just like, 
he's too easily he was too easily swayed. Think I about get, it like that. He gets to a new yeah. city. He wins the money from you know Bolo. These guys invite him to dinner and they take advantage of him. Yeah, I I Force definitely fighting. get the feeling that he's not really picking sides. He just is looking for a place to belong. Yes, he is looking for a family. Yeah, hundred percent. So I but I liked the fact that that Mister Chen turns back to the light side at the end. In my head cannon, Chi Hao now trains Mr. Chen. Well, no, he the doesn't. Technique of the Iron Fist. Head cannon. I'm allowed to think whatever I want to think. Right, but we'll talk about what happens to the fate of Mr. Chen at the end. Yeah. Rest um, in peace, Mr. Yeah. Chen. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, you're dead. It's actually, if we don't fill you in on the fate of a character, just assume they died they, they a gruesome die. death. This movie's, this movie's kill count is so high. There's only three characters that remain at the end of the movie. They introduce 40 characters, three are left by the time everything's done. So, uh, so Gio so gets to the tournament. He runs into uh, Ying Ying, who's in the, the beginning of this movie, the dad was, you know, that's that's where Gio came from was the dad's yeah. school. Uh, the dad was killed by... Off screen. Off by no, the Japanese screen. Dog. Was he killed? Oh, yeah, no. Because remember, they killed him, and then they oh. walked out of the front door, and she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, shit, they that killed I, my dad. You know what? I got it confused, because later on, the same thugs bring Mr. Chen's head. Yeah, he didn't make it. Yes, that yeah. was off screen. So, so now, <laughs> hope you didn't love Mr. Chen like I did, because spoilers, he didn't, he didn't make, make it. it. He did not make it. Um, no, they, um, no, she, this is the one part that it was just like. He gets to the tournament and and she's like, oh, you know, or he's like, where's where's your dad? I want him to root me on too. And she's like, he's tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's tired. The man's dead. Needlessly stoic. Yeah. At that point, like I didn't want to get in your head before the tournament. If someone told me a master was dead, I would just cut a swath through everybody. Just tell him. That might have been better than what she did do. Anyways, well, she didn't know that he had the the, the five fists of death. No, yeah, this is true. No, she um. So they have this fight. She does. Be- he does end up beating the son of the evil, evil school. The evil sensei then kills the master of the stabs the master of the school. Yeah, in, in the crowd. So dirty. He's, He's like, dead. If they were like doing good game at the end of a baseball game. Yeah, good game. Yeah, good game, yeah, good game, yeah. Good game. They were like, yeah, we're doing the handshake line, and someone yeah. stabs. <laughs> it's just by the way, I'm gonna just stab you to death. Right. So that dude, that dude dies. As. as as Hope you didn't is, like Master Pei, because he's yeah, now dead. Yeah. As Ji Hao is holding his sensei, who's just d- stabbed, Ying Ying then goes like, oh, by the way, your your other sensei, a.k.a. my father, Dude, also dead. Isn't that the most ridiculous time to tell <laughs> him? Like, just he's pour, cradling just... the man's in his arms. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I get uh babe. Uh, I don't know if, the, I don't know if now's seconds, the right time, right. but uh, my dad is also dead. <laughs> Just like read the room, man. What the f- yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, so that filled Chi Hao with the most rage. Yeah, that he then goes on an ass kicking spree. He is now fighting everybody in the evil. Now he's King Slapper. Yeah, now he's King Slapper. Red fisting it up. Um, he then runs into. He the changes evil- the batteries. He's ready to go for round two. Right, exactly. They end up hiding in a dark room, and in the dark room. Um, the blind fighter is now there. Yep. And he's like, Oh, I've got you where I want you. <laughs> Welcome to my world, the world of darkness. And then kills the sun. Again, if you were a fan of the sun, we're sorry. He did not make it. Well, no, who's a fan of the sun? That dude ripped people's eyes out. No, bump that dude. I, I mean he was he was a badass. I mean, yeah. I don't like him as a 
as like he's I was like, oh, what a good guy. He's yeah, just yeah, misunderstood. Yeah. No, yeah, no, totally. No, yes, he, he he stood his ground at the end, which is which was more than I expected from him, I'm sure. The the evil sensei dad then kills himself so Chihau can't kill him. Isn't that so frustrating? That's pretty it's pretty, that's yeah. the twist of the movie. That pissed me off so much. Right. I you know, I'm not gonna give you the pleasure no. of killing me. You kill this nameless Japanese thug instead. Isn't that what happened at Die Hard, at the end of Die Hard? Didn't it is one hundred percent what okay. happened at the <laughs> Homeboy just like fell off the building? Shame yeah. Shame Black owes writing credits to the five <laughs> yeah. figures of death. Hey man, you don't give him the satisfaction. And then you think it's over. And then like they're walking out. And they're like, it's over. <laughs> no, it's not over. There's one of the Japanese assassins left, and he's holding Mr. Chan's cutoff head in his hands. Why? I really thought, even when I watched this movie the second time, I forgot that that happened, and I really thought Mr. Chan was going to make it. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, got me again. It's just such a, it's such, a, it's so unnecessary. It's like there is no, this violent. movie has like no decapitation. Well, it has one decapitation. This movie has like no like broken bones. It has no like dismemberment. Yeah. Once the eyes come out of the skull, all bets are off with the five fingers of death. We're just yeah. going to step it up until we can grow. Yeah, he kept out the, the eyes in Mr. Chan's skull. He just took his head with them, but I get it. It was a lot. It was, it was just the traveling case for the eyes, if we're oh being honest. Oh my gosh. Anyways, yes. Yeah. So then there's a, there's an ending fight where. Which I really liked. It, that, that's actually the fight of movie. This is like full Iron Fist. It is sword versus fists, and fists win because there's that one point where he actually heats up his hands and he snaps the sword in half, which is great. Yeah, that was. I mean, say what you will about the movie, that was amazing. That was great. Like I was like, was I shot. need, I need that. Pow- I need to learn that power. I need to go punch bricks until I could turn my fist into a nightlight. The problem is, is that with that alarm sound, everybody's going to hear you coming. Uh, wah, like, wah, wah, wah. I was like, nope, I, nope, don't mess so, with the so, fist are on, baby. Is that like uh, when you're powering on a generator and it does that long whine? <laughs> yeah. People just know about, you know, two blocks away, you're yep. getting the electric started up. Yep. <laughs> you're calling your shot. That <laughs> they is know you're coming. Yeah. I would just run away. If I heard that noise, I'm like, guys, it's time to go. No, just it. Party's over. We got to go. That's like the lightsaber ignition sound. You know right. what? I'm no. just not going to go. He's fine. He wins. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, not not dealing with any of that. There, But they did have a cool fight. There was actually one part near the end where he is punching uh, the assassin against the wall and actually breaking the wall. It's like what it's a very like superhero comic thing of like anime. You punch and then there's like a and crater. The wall, on the wall blows out. The wall blows yeah. out. Yeah. But the guy doesn't because. Yeah, I'm a sucker imagine? for that. I think it's cool no matter how much is done it's like when uh someone takes off a weighted shirt mm-hmm. at like a kung fu movie and they drop it to the ground and it like breaks the ground like is is yeah. overdone that is i still think I, it's I still love it yeah, it yeah but it just goes to show you know these are back in the day so you can they're not i was gonna say they're not dismembering people but they are they're not like <laughs> they're not showing crazy damage on the body but you see it on the walls and you see like the strength that this person has and it definitely stands out so so yeah, that that is the ba- and then they walk away with three people left. Yep, everyone else is dead, <laughs> and and quite cruelly and gruesomely. Nobody yeah. had an honorable death in this movie. No, everybody got blind. E- dude even got the cut. even Master Pei, the the paragon of virtue, is stabbed like a yeah, criminal in a back on high alley five, on the high five line. Yeah, no. Um, there's also like a casualty of war of like there's um. 
there was kind of this girl that was interested in uh, Chihau, but then yeah, she's she a gets singer, like, real nice girl, beautiful right. voice. Sorry, then she gets drugged in by blind guy, and then gets yep. cut her head cut, and then she sorry died, you, you had a crush on the wrong guy, lady. That was that part was unnecessary. That part was way unnecessary. I don't know why they did that. She she didn't have to. I guess they're just gonna scorch earth like everybody. I just imagining Quentin Tarantino's young formative mind watching all. Oh, he thought he thought this was badass. Probably, he probably loved the shit out of this. So, Um, but yes, that so that is Five Fingers of Death, Jonesy. What do you rate this movie? So I gave this a two star rating last time we recorded, but I just had so much fun recording this episode, and I think much. This is a three star movie for me. This is. You know what? I'm a kid. It's 1973. I'm about to get my my uh my mind blown. Yep. I'm down. I'm down for this ride. It was. It really turned the second watch really turned me turned me on to it. I guess the first one was like it's a little like doing your homework. You're like, oh man, two two hours and whatever for this for the show. I gotta I gotta buckle down and watch this. But having the freedom to just kind of watch it at my leisure, I enjoyed it much more the second time. Yeah, for me, it's. For what it represents and for what it does, story-wise, it's not really that much story, but there's just so much stuff that I remember from this movie. Uh, I'm going to go four stars on this one just because it is kind of like an iconic movie Yeah, I um, think that I did enjoy. I think it deserves that rating from you because it, it really does. You really have to appreciate what this started. Like, there is no Enter the Dragon, which is arguably the most famous kung fu movie in the world. Right. That movie doesn't exist without the five fingers of death no not at all so you have to give credit where credit is due you also a man got decapitated so like and I the other guy's eyes got torn out he ripped out his head yeah, yeah it's so ridiculous. And it yeah. killed innocent women and children whatever yeah whatever yeah just you know also there was a tour <laughs> what did the tournament tournament organizers like think of like hey we got to give this trophy to somebody and everybody's dead what are we doing? Imagining seeing all that gruesome, gruesome violence and like going home to dinner. Yeah. Like, hey, babe, how was your day? Uh, well, you're never going to believe this. At my friendly martial art, art, art martial arts tournament, uh, everyone's dead. Yeah, they need to bump up security or something next time because that's a, that's a little that, that like, got a what little. What does the hand. local local magistrate have to say about the wanton violence in the streets? That I didn't see any police coming to break anything up. Now I'm just envisioning one of those like um, first, second, third place uh, sta- like the stages, like no one's on it because they're dead. <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> Jesus, Jihau's not dead. He's number one, baby. Let's go. Yeah, he's one, two, and three only there you because go. he has to be. Because I killed everybody else. So, oh. so yeah, but great movie. Definitely enjoyed it. Tony, do you want to tell the folks about our next movie? I do. So you may have noticed that we are in the month of May, number five. On the calendar, mm-hmm. we have another five movie for you. Are you? Is the rabbit secure? Are you ready for this news? The five yeah, no, deadly venoms. Yeah. So this is. It's going to be a special episode. We're getting some cult classics. You know, we wanted to definitely show them love. So uh, this is the one I saw in like every Suncoast video. Like they had the poster God. up on the wall. Uh, they had it like. Five copies in the martial arts section, uh, and I, I forgot to mention it earlier earlier in this episode. But I want to shout out a dear friend of the show, Proto Alexis. Uh, you'll notice it says famed spiritual advisor in the successful seventy millimeter podcast. He was my secret Santa in our special friendship group 
uh, this year, and he gave me this wonderful picture book of all the back matter of the Chop Suey Kung Fu movies. All the original poster artwork, you know, screenplay, kind of uh, brief stories of the production, and both of these movies are like chapter one, chapter two. So these these are originators of the Kung Fu craze. So I uh, I thank you for that gift. I you know it didn't just go on a shelf. I do look at it quite fondly, especially as we're doing these throwback movies. Oh yeah, definitely. There's just so much like references and stuff like that you can see in those posters. They just all those posters look so cool. They have in the book. They have a. You ever read the Tao of Bruce Lee? No. It's got it's got this wonderful shaded uh, cover of him in like the black uh, frog suit jacket. That's in this book that Proto gave me as well. Nice. It's a great uh, two-page splash. It's really nice. Nice. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, so yes, Five Deadly Venoms, that is our next episode movie. So uh, twinvipers at gmail.com, or twinviperspod at gmail.com. Also twinviperspod on Instagram and Twitter. So check us out. Write and leave a review if you can. Um, definitely helps the algorithm for more people to check us out. And we're going to end today's episode with the daily martial arts Zen quote of the week, which is seeing much suffering much and studying much are the three pillars of learning. Benjamin Disraeli. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of suffering in this movie. There was quite a bit. I think eyeballs and heads off. Benjamin wrote that quote. In 1973, after walking out of the theater of the five daily veterans, looking the at the person the he went with, like, did you see death. that eye? That dude's eye get ripped out of his head. He he the definitely like, watch. did that that move where he just put one leg up and his head down and cradles his hand, deeply yeah. thinking about the decapitation of Mister Chen. Oh my God! Think if you were you were in the theater and that happened. Imagine your mom took you to this movie, not right. knowing like, oh, I'll take you to a matinee. That what? How bad could uh this movie be? Yeah, basically. Because the thing is, is also like that doesn't happen until like the end of the third beginning of the fourth act. Like yeah, it so happens like so late. You're just you're cruising. Like, you're in it. You, you're you like, can't, this is fine. You can't leave the movie. You're already committed. I'll leave him a nickel and he can see it a second time and I'll go, you know, meet the girls for coffee or oh lunch. My nope. Because that kid is going to be traumatized. I would freak out. That hypothetical kid is now us. Us. <laughs> Basically. We are we are that hypothetical. We are. That, oh yeah, totally. I've seen some crazy crap in theaters. So yeah, it's probably us. Uh, Jones, any last words for the audience? No, I love all you and you all know how I feel. Yes, thank you all for uh, following with us in this journey. I think we just hit um, a milestone. I look at the statistics, and I think we hit like a thousand plays. So that means our voices have been played a thousand times. We're so which sorry. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but like you know what? I I'll hit. Every, I love every milestone. So again, I always say thank you, every to everybody that listens. And, I, and I'll and say it. I have so much fun with you, fam. I would That's I would do here, this bro. this show into the ether. Absolutely. So. We're in it for the long haul, and we'll definitely appreciate everybody that's along for the ride with us. So, for Jonesy, this is Fam. We are the Twin Vipers, and we will see you next time. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.